Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Orange Shoe Podcast. I know this is the most exciting part of your Friday. Just kidding. I hope this is not the most exciting part of your Friday. Um, but we got uh, got another great one for you today. We're talking about meal planning 101. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive into how how Kelly and I meal plan. Um, and the only reason we're talking about it this way is just because we this is the way we do it. And this is the way we know that works. And there's probably a thousand other different ways to meal plan. But um, we've had a lot of people that have asked us, you know, that they want to start cooking more at home and, um, they just, you know, are not good at finding recipes or not good at like making the grocery list or figuring out how to do it. So today we're just going to lay it out and kind of show you kind of what we do and what works best for us. You guys can take it, you can twist it, you can make it work best for you. But, uh, this is what we have today. And I have to give Kelly all the credit because before we, um, started dating and whatnot, I was your typical, like go to the grocery store last minute, walk every single aisle and hope something like stood out to me and then grabbed it off the shelf. Like, oh yeah, I could use six cans of tuna. Oh yeah. Let's go grab the bag of chicken breast. Let's uh, grab some box, this and that. And I never shopped with a plan and it was chaotic and I wasted a lot of stuff and everything I ate was very bland and boring. So then I was like, this is stupid. Like I hate cooking at home. I'll just go out to eat all the time. And I got to feel like that. I got a feeling that's where a lot of people sit. So I'm really excited to kind of teach you. Kelly taught me the ways. So I'm excited to kind of teach you guys the ways and the, the great things that she has uh, helped me with when it comes to um, meal printing. And Kelly, Kelly could probably talk about this, but she'd come over to my apartment when we first started dating in Adelaide. She would see like the, the chicken breast. She would see the Oreos and like just all the garbage. And she couldn't believe that's how I like grocery shopped. <laughs> I have to say, I have to give a big shout out to my mom because my mom showed me her, her method. And, um, I, it stuck with me ever since. And this is like the method that I use. And I've been doing this since I've been out on my own. Um, so since college, like since college, I did, this is how I meal prepped and like in planned. So, um, I, I hope it inspires you me and maybe it won't, but like, if it works for you, awesome. And you can, um, you can try taking this into your weekend. Yeah. So before we jump into it, we're going to go ahead and a couple of announcements, um, a couple of exciting things happening in the orange shoe across the franchise. We got uh, starting in September, we got our back to the shoe promo. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. And kind of um, it's kind of studio specific in some ways. So just make sure you talk to the trainers and kind of see what's going on at your studio. But it's a great way to um, if you're a an alumni client listening to this and you, um, it's been a few months since you've been at Orange Shoe, but you want to kind of get back at it. Great promo for you. Also for any of you guys that are listening that have friends and family that have kind of asked you questions about Orange Shoe, or you think might be, this might be really beneficial for them. This promo is a really great way for them to, uh, give the gym a shot, um, at a discounted rate and they could have some fun and see what they've been missing out on. So, um, so make sure you talk to your trainers about that. And then the second announcement, um, just trying to get you guys excited, um, on October one, we'll be going live with our new uh, fall orange shoe line apparel. So I've seen some of the stuff. It looks great. Um, you guys will be able to see some of your trainers and gym owners wearing some of the stuff, probably I'm guessing towards the end of September. Um, this is going to be a good way for you guys to see the clothing, try it on, feel it, get some recommendations from the trainers and owners on sizing and whatnot. So you could kind of like shop with confidence, knowing that the size that you buy is the size that's going to work for you. So there's going to be a really lot of cool stuff, um, coming there. So start flipping the couch cushions, start looking for the coins, um, and, uh, and start saving up because, uh, there's some really, really cool things coming that I think you guys are really going to like for the, um, the winter months, um, and staying warm 
uh, staying warm before you work out. So there you have it. There's a couple of announcements and so yeah, we'll get, we'll get jumping into it. Meal planning 101. So I'm going to ask Kylie the question, like, why, why are we talking meal planning and, and why do we feel like it's just so important and, and why can it be beneficial for someone? Yeah, I think the timeline right now, obviously we're, we're rounding out the end of August and we're gearing up for a new school year. And I think it's just kind of a natural time to reset and uh, maybe start to establish some some maybe newer habits in regards to, you know, health and nutrition. Um, I know summer, at least for me, tends to be like schedules are just a little bit looser. I, um, you know, bedtimes can be later and, um, maybe we feel like we're going out to eat a little bit more, or maybe there's like more sweets around the house. And, uh, this is just kind of a natural time to maybe just dial it in a little bit more. And, um, I, you know, obviously us not being parents, I don't have to worry about school schedules, but I do remember, um, you know, growing up and, you know, we obviously had school and then we had, um, we always had sports after school and practice. And, um, I remember my mom, you know, carting us around to, you know, all these activities after school and to have like one less thing to have to, think about or plan for, or, you know, have the question of like, well, what the heck are we doing for dinner tonight to have that already set aside? And you know, exactly what you're going to do is just really helpful and kind of takes the stress off of the night. Um, and then also you have control over, you know, what you're eating and what you're putting into your body and what your kids are putting into their bodies and, um, just fueling properly and, you know, ending the day on a, on a really good note. So. Yeah. And I think also just like the cost effectiveness, we all know eating out is like great and it's fun and it's fun to do, but it's like expensive as hell. Like if you really start thinking about it and like eating at home and looking at the grocery bill compared to going out to dinners and stuff, especially if you have a decent family where you got three, four kids on top of mom and dad, like that's a, you know, that could be a pretty decent bill. And so I know like grocery shopping, it really kind of helps dial some finances in as well. And just kind of takes away that. And um, for all of us that are like trying to like Kelly was saying, like cleaning up your diet and stuff, like, you know, what you're putting in your recipes now, like you see the ingredients, you're not cooking in all these oils and fats and all this like random stuff that you just don't really know. And so it helps draw a little bit more control over what you're eating. And, and, um, it really just kind of like, I think it not only helps you uh, out health wise, but it also helps you out like time management wise. And we'll kind of dive into that a little bit of like where this can save you a lot of time by spending a little time on the weekend and how much time that could save you Monday through Friday of that week and whatnot. So um, we got like, we broke it down into like five steps of kind of um, how we kind of think about meal planning and how we kind of set ourselves up for the week. So we'll start off with um, step one and step one is carving out time. We're never successful at anything if we don't set, set time, you know, set aside time to do it. Just like working out, like you make your uh, session at Orange Shoe and you plan it and you book it. And now you're successful at doing it because you had that appointment. So if you want to be successful at meal planning, we got to set out the time to do it and to prep and to do it. So that's the first step is carving out time. And Kelly usually recommends 20 to 30 minutes. Um, so you could really, um, of quiet time. So you could really focus on uh, the task at hand. And also it's super important that when you schedule out that time or you find that time to really make sure that you have your weekly calendar. Um, your calendar, your kids' calendars, practices, school pickup, drop-off, all that stuff, because that's all going to really play a little bit into what that week looks like when it comes for meals. And um, be close to the kitchen. 
because there's a lot of times where a recipe will call for something and you're like, oh shit, do I, do I have cumin? Uh, where are we at with uh, flour? Um, and you're kind of like having to check the cupboards a little bit. Um, so be close to the kitchen. So you're not running all over the house. So I think that's step one. Yeah. I kind of like, you know, and just taking a look at the weekend, wondering, you know, I go grocery shopping on Fridays and I actually typically like to sit down on Wednesday mornings and, uh, make my grocery list for the week. So kind of like create that time around this where, um, you know, you don't have any distractions and, you can just sit down, you know, I, I use, um, Pinterest and so I've got my laptop handy and, um, this is like my only task. And I really do take a look at my week. I, you know, take a look at if Tom and I are both going to be at the gym in the evenings, I know that we're going to be getting home later. So I want that meal for that day to be, you know, obviously easy and quick. So really, you know, have your schedule handy and then just being close to the kitchen, just because like Tom said, checking out, you know, kind of doing an inventory and this prevents you from having like, you know, five cans of black beans that you didn't know you had that's been sitting in your cupboard and you don't have like, you know, six different cans of, um, or, you know, six basils or something like that from uh, spices. So take a look at your spices, see what you have. Also, maybe this could be a great time to, to check the expiration dates on things. <laughs> I remember going through my mom's, my mom's spices. And I think she had spices from like the early nineties, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> just like ditching those, um, and maybe just kind of refreshing the cupboards if you need. So that's just, that's number one. So get your, you know, carve out your time, get those distractions out of the way and give yourself at least 20 to 30 minutes. And that I'm just being a little bit like, um, that might, you might take you 10 minutes or whatever, but having a little bit of extra buffer time, especially if this is kind of new to you and, um, you've not really done this before. give yourself the time. So, yeah. yeah. And then going into number two, Kelly, kind of already talked about it. Second step is your resources, where are you going to find these delicious recipes, right? And finding those cookbooks, like you could go to Barnes and Noble and there's literally like two aisles of cookbooks. So they're everywhere. So no matter, no matter what you, what type of food you like to eat, what diet you're currently following, um, you like Indian food, Chinese food, like whatever you're looking for, you're going to be able to find that recipe book. And a lot of those recipes are like tried and true already. So you could pretty much guarantee that it's going to be pretty tasty, so finding those recipe books. And the next thing you know, before you know it, you're going to have two or three recipe books that you love that pretty much is your inspiration every week for your, your, um, um, for your grocery list and whatnot. And then the second one, if you're not a cookbook person, but you have Pinterest, holy smokes, Pinterest is like the greatest world for finding recipes. And I will go ahead and put Kelly's Pinterest account in the notes to this um, podcast episode, because, uh, a lot of people really like Kelly's Pinterest board. Um, this has been something that she's been working on for years, ever since, like she was saying she was on her own and doing her own grocery shopping. So this has got, you know, she broke it down in a lot of really good subcategories of dinners, quick dinners, crock pot meals, snacks, like all, like everything you could ever imagine really organized for you guys. And all these recipes are tried and true by us. Um, we've probably cooked the majority of these recipes and we love them. And then if Kelly has one on there that she doesn't like, she's usually pretty good at like eliminating it. So we ourselves don't try it again and then realize like, oh shit, we did this one like six months ago and we hated it. 
now we're doing it again. So her Pinterest account is fire. You guys will love it. I'll link you uh, to it. And I think that's a great way to uh, uh, find those recipes that you want to do. Yeah. Pinterest can be really, if you're not like, if you're not a user of Pinterest, it can be really overwhelming. And I think a lot of people, I don't really know how to use this. And, um, so for me, I, like I said, I, like Tom had mentioned, I put a lot of like different subcategories in mind. So, you know, if I'm feeling, <clears throat> excuse me, if I'm feeling, you know, pasta one night, I've got a whole pasta tab with all of my pasta recipes and <clears throat> excuse me, um, salads as well. And that sort of thing. So I've got everything just kind of organized out. So you can like take a peek and just, you know, just look around and see if anything is looking good. But so that's number two, just kind of gathering, gathering your resources. And, yep. Cookbooks and, and Pinterest. And I just wanted to hit on real quick, like, and we didn't necessarily write this down, um, but I want to hit on it because for me being foreign to this, when I first started doing it with Kelly, it, it I needed like almost coaching and how to do it. And so I'm going to provide it to you because um, it, it was helpful for me creating the shopping list. Like, what does that look like? So you have your cookbook, you have your Pinterest. How do you create the grocery shopping list? And that the best way of doing it is, and I've learned from Kelly, is just like open up, find that first recipe. Don't think about all of them together. Just look at one recipe and then literally write down everything that recipe calls for. So you need one pound of chicken. You need two limes. You need X, Y, and Z. That's the start of your grocery list. You go to recipe number two. Recipe two. Oh, cool. This is another chicken one. All right. So instead of one pound of chicken, I need to buy two pounds of chicken. Oh, this one calls for one lemon. Oh, this one calls for some basil. All right. Write basil down. And you literally work your way through each recipe and write down everything that it needs. And then putting tally marks or however makes sense to, for your mind of getting extra, or if you need two of these or six of these or whatever that may be. Um, and that's how you kind of make sure that you're buying everything you need for every single recipe without missing something. And I think that was something I never did. I never learned. And so to me, that was kind of foreign of creating that grocery list. And then every week you're going to have, you're going to have those like staples. Like for us, it's like sparkling water. Like every week we're buying like a case of sparkling water. We have, you know, we have the staples of like the bananas, the dozen eggs, the, you know, the almond milks, like the things that every time you're going to the grocery store, you're going to get. And next thing you know, you're writing down all your staples. And so next thing you know, you have your, your whole grocery list, all the meals, you're not overbuying, you're not underbuying. And by the end of the week, your fridge is bare. Like it's empty. You're like, holy cow, we used everything in the fridge. And now we're not being wasteful. We're using everything that we buy. We're not wasteful. We're not throwing money down the drain. And um, I think that's just something I really wanted to hit on quick. It's like, how do you formulate that list? And um, I think the more you do it, the quicker you get at it. Like Kelly's way faster than I am at creating the grocery list because she's the one who majorly um, you know, most of the time does it and you're going to get a really good flow with it and understand how to do it. So I think that's, uh, something I wanted to hit on quick, but going into number three, uh, number three is plan for the meals during the week. And Kelly kind of hit on this. So kind of, um, share some more of those thoughts on like, how do you look at your week? Yeah. So, um, I think with everyone, you know, every evening might look a little different. So, um, especially with, you know, um, different activities going on or, you know, you're rushing off to here and there, um, at least for Tom and I, I just take a look at, um, if we're both going to be in the gym that evening that week. So I know that we're going to be home a little bit later. We're going to be short on time. I am not going to be wanting to cook something that's going to be very 
time intensive um, with a million ingredients. So just taking a look at what, what those uh, evenings are going to look like and who's even going to be home, you know, who, um, you know, Tony obviously both cook. And I know for a lot of people, sometimes there's like a designated cook in the family. Um, but what if that person is not going to be home that evening? So, you know, just like planning accordingly. Um, if I know I'm going to be, it's going to be a late night. I'm going to be short on time. I typically like to pl- like to plan an instant pot or a slow cooker recipe for that evening. So something that I can prep before I go into the gym that evening. So when I get home, dinner's done and mm-hmm. I don't have to do a damn thing. Those are my favorite nights. You come home, so nice. <laughs> open the instant pot, spoon it into your bowl, done. Like, oh, that's so nice. Um, I also recommend just like enlisting everyone's help. So this is where it's been really beneficial. Um, I, and this is something that's worked really well for me. Um, but making sure that everyone in the household knows what's for dinner that night. And so, and the reason why this is important is because, um, they can start getting things rolling. And like, so for, you know, um, you know, Tuesday evening. So I, I'm in the gym Tuesday mornings, Tom's in the gym Tuesday evenings. So, um, I'm making dinner that night. So for, for me, I'm making sure that I'm, you know, thawing anything out that needs to be thought out. I'm the one doing the prepping and the cooking that evening. Um, Wednesdays it's flipped. So, you know, Wednesday nights, I'm going to be in the gym. Tom's going to be, um, at home. Tom knows exactly what's for dinner. I actually open up an email draft. And so I write out, you know, um, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday through Thursday, and I will copy and paste the link, um, of that recipe for that day. So Tom will open up his email and he'll say, Oh, Wednesday night, this is what we're having. He clicks on it, goes to the recipe and he knows exactly what to do. (laughs) Amazing. So that's how I organize it. However, you know, I know some people like to actually write like a menu board in their kitchen. So like Sunday night, we've got X, um, Monday night, we've got Z. And so everyone is knowledgeable of what's going to be going on. And then just make sure that everyone has access to the recipe. So like if I'm um, making if I've got a recipe from a cookbook, I actually write down like the name of the cookbook and then the page that the, that the, the recipe's number. on. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got kids who are going to be really helpful in the kitchen, um, they can flip to that page and they can get things going. Um, even like just in this process of picking out recipes, I remember my mom would sit down cause she would grocery shop on Sundays and typically like Sunday morning, she would get all of her cookbooks out and she would sit down at the kitchen table and, I loved doing this with her and she hated it. Like she hated meal planning, but I loved sitting down and paging through all of the cookbooks. And I loved picking out recipes for her. Like, oh, I want to, you know, oh, this one looks really good. Like let's cook this. And I, I loved it. And so you might have kids who would really enjoy doing that with you. And I just think that that's so important because clearly like this is something that has stuck with me. And this is something that um, my sisters and, and I have done since we've left, since we left the house is something that has stuck with me. This is just, 
you know, it's ingrained in me. It's just something that I do. I don't even think about it anymore. Um, so I think that maybe like enlisting the help of everyone in the household is really essential. Um, and now you're teaching your kids awesome habits. Yeah. Like our kids love learning and they, they soak things up like sponges and to see you meal planning and learning how to do it. That's like, think about that's something that you could pass on to them. Where it's like, man, I was never taught that, but man, now this is a great skill I have now that I could pass on to my kids. So they never find themselves in that position of like not really knowing how to go to the grocery shop and meal plan for themselves. I think it's, it's just like exercise. We got to like teach people how to, how to do it. Yeah. And another thing that I have found helpful is I, you know, I look for those recipes, like during the weeknights, I look for like quick, quick and easy things. I don't want something that has a million ingredients. I also don't want something that's going to have a million steps. So, um, a lot of recipes nowadays will kind of tell you, like they'll give you a little bit of like an estimated time of how long it's going to take you. I'm usually in that 20 to 30 minute window from like start to end. Um, so that's like kind of crucial for me during the week. Um, however, because I really, I enjoy cooking and I love looking at recipes, I will keep those more like time intensive recipes for the weekends. So obviously on Saturday and Sunday, I have like a little bit more time to spend in the kitchen. I also can enlist the help of Tom. So if I'm going to make like a larger meal and some of my favorite meals do take a little bit longer. So I will make those on Sundays and Um, also the great thing about it, I love to make big meals on Sundays because then I've got leftovers for the next day. And so it is so nice to open up the fridge on Monday and have leftovers for lunch. And like, oh my gosh, I don't even have to think about lunch today. I've got these awesome leftovers from last night. That's also another thing too, is I love making recipes that are supposed to serve like six to eight because it's only Tom and I, and although we eat a lot of food, (laughs) Usually, usually if it says six to eight, that means I'm going to get some leftovers out of it, which is awesome because then I do not have to make lunch the next day, which is another little like handy tip too. Mm -hmm. So making those time intensive recipes on the weekends, save those quick and easy ones for the weeknights, excuse me. And then, um, yeah, make those larger meals. Even if it says, you know, it's serving six to eight and you've got a family of four, like that's fine. You've got some good leftovers for the next day. Yeah. And I I really enjoy the Saturday and Sunday meals. Like that's for us, that's like our going out to eat. Like, because I don't know about you guys, but like going out to eat the majority of the time I'm disappointed. The majority of the time I go out to eat, I like, I'm just disappointed at the quality of the food. I'm disappointed at the amount of food. Cause I eat a shit ton. And then I'm disappointed at ultimately at the end. And I look at the bill and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I could have made this at home for half the price. And so like Saturday and Sunday night, I really look forward to like a really, really good meal because we're both home. We could both help each other out. The meal goes by fairly quickly. We turn on some like dinnertime jazz on the, you know, Alexa device <laughs> and we have some fun. We make it like a, it's like a date night. Right. And you, you have some fun. It's a good way to connect with your significant other, um, mess around in the kitchen, have some fun. And then I, we always, when we do one of these really good dinners, like on a Saturday or Sunday, we always ask each other, how much do you think this would be at a restaurant? Like, how much do you think this risotto dish that we just made with shrimp and like a good, like white wine sauce, how much do you think this costs? And we're like, oh, that's probably, you'd easily pay 25, 30 bucks for this at a, at a restaurant. And then when you start doing that, you realize like, man, how easy it is to eat really, really good at home. And then not to say that it doesn't make eating out inviting or fun. It just, I think it kind of just kind of like 
changes your perspective a little bit on eating out. And you realize like, wow, like eating in can be really, really tasty. And I think sometimes people tend not to eat in because they think the most tasty stuff is going out and that we can't make tasty things inside our house. And um, once you try and you actually start cooking off of recipes, instead of trying to cook off like the top of your head and just like mixing whatever together, that's super bland. And I would never follow any sort of diet that's bland like that. But you start learning how to cook from recipes and man, it really opens your eyes to like how tasty dinners can be on a regular basis. So um, make it a thing, make it a, a date night and enjoy the, and, and teach the kids how to use a knife and, and cut bell peppers up. And that's all stuff that can be a really, really fun thing to, to implement on a weekly basis on like on a Saturday or Sunday night is a, a big family dinner. So that's, that's step number three. So step number three is just plan for the meals, sit down, think about the week, you know, when are you going to be home? Who's home? Who can start prepping all that stuff. Um, now we're going into step number four, plan for snacks, breakfast, and lunch. So if we're planning for dinner all the time, now we've kind of forget that we got still got breakfast and lunch. Um, for us, we, uh, breakfast is the same pretty much every week. We prep all our breakfast on Sunday. We put them in little glass Tupperware containers and it's like a sweet potato, kale, Italian sausage mixture, um, that we just make all up on Sunday. Cause we're at the gym early in the morning. We have no time to eat. So we got to throw it in the microwave and go. So breakfast works out really well for us there. Um, but if we're, if we tend to be home, then it's, you know, we have a couple, like two or three tried and true things. It's obviously like the scrambled eggs or the thousand different ways you could cook eggs, um, and doing some avocado toast with some everything, but the bagel seasoning, which is super tasty. Um, sometimes you got like Greek yogurt, which is like a staple at the house. So you have some Greek yogurt and you can make a lot of really good Greek yogurt dishes and making sure that you're getting your protein. Um, we have these really good protein pancakes that we like to treat ourselves to on the weekends that we make. So like, Breakfast usually is pretty simple for a lot of people. It's, you know, there's only a couple things that you grab and go for. So find those, make sure that those are your staples and you're always buying the ingredients for that stuff every week. And then um, your lunch and Kelly kind of hit on this a little bit is your lunches are usually leftovers. If you could plan for that, that's a super, super easy way to make sure you have a, like a tasty lunch is to cook in excess. And, and so you have those leftovers. Um, but if you don't do that, and sometimes uh, Kelly and I will eat and we pretty much eat all of the dinner and there really is no leftovers. So for lunch, we like to stick with the, uh, the same thing, like with breakfast is like the tried and true, like the staples. Um, so for us, we like to do a lot of like tuna salads, chicken salads, um, having deli meat in the house with some um, like, a, like one of your favorite breads to make like a good sandwich, um, salad fixing. So always having like carrots and spring green mix or kale. Um, and having a couple of really good salads to go to. Um, right now, we're really loving this uh, almond butter, kale, blueberry, strawberry, deliciousness <laughs> salad. Um, I really yeah. like it. We're, it's hit the spot right oh, now. The, in the almond summer. butter is in the dressing. So <laughs> Yeah, the almond butter is in the dressing. It's just super good. It's a really good summer one. And then the fall, you have your fall ones. And Kelly has all these on her Pinterest. So if you guys are looking for some really good uh, salad, um, ideas for lunch. I think lunch is a natural, really good time to get a good salad in, uh, for the day. It's a really good way to get those greens and then just throw a protein source on it. And you're like squared away. So having those, uh, tried and true lunches and then snacks, obviously, um, you know, planning for lulls in your day, your commute, things like that, having those snacks, uh, whether that's, you know, fruits and vegetables, or if it's, um, some healthy kind of like, RX bar or the perfect bar, some of those little snacky bars that you could have. 
um, that are a little bit cleaner on the cleaner side of things and to kind of fill those snacks for you. But that's um, step number four is just really thinking about those snacks, breakfast and lunches, sometimes those meals that we tend to forget. And then when we forget, we resort to going out. So um, just kind of thinking about that as you're, you're planning your week as well. And you're picking those recipes. Yeah. And then, you know, last final thing is grocery shopping. (laughs) And the one thing with grocery shopping that I'll say that has made grocery shopping so much faster, because I have to say, I mean, I don't really know anyone who really enjoys grocery shopping. It's just, it's a chore. Um, and so what I do, and this is also another tip from my mom is, um, you create your grocery list, um, in organization, uh, of the aisles at the grocery store. So it like, it all aligns. And so I, you know, depending on what grocery store you go to, you're probably very familiar with how the grocery store is set up and we go to Trader Joe's. So I know like most grocery stores too, you walk in right away, it's produce. So I will go ahead and I will, um, write down all of the produce that I need. And that's like the first half of my list. So I've got produce. I know after that, it's usually meats. So meats and like dairy and things, those are like in the middle of my list. Um, and then you're going to be kind of working your way into, um, more of like the aisle things. So like my olive oil and, um, tomato based products, um, pastas, almond butters, peanut butters, um, that sort of thing. So you kind of know how your, how your grocery store is organized. And then if you've got a partner or someone who's going to be helping you out with this, just split them up. So like Tom, when I go to Trader Joe's, I take the produce and Tom takes the other, all the other stuff. And so we split up, we've got two different carts and we're probably in and out of there in like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like I take a picture with my cell phone of the other half of the grocery list. And like Kelly said, we each grab a cart and then we say, Hey, meet you at aisle four or meet you at um, uh, checkout lane four. And we meet there and next thing you know, like we're in and out. And that's the thing is like coming down, usually like meal planning, it, it doesn't work. It, where people fail is that ever one person feels like they need to take on the burden of this whole thing. And when you get really successful at this, you realize that it's a team effort, just like everything else in a relationship. It's a team. When you could do it as a team, it's so much easier. It takes the burden off of one person and you're just way more successful at doing it. So ask for help in the grocery shopping, do it together. Like some of these grocery stores, I know some people shop at Costco and some of these massive places that are just super overwhelming and grocery shopping takes freaking forever. And that's the reason you don't want to do it. And, but if you could send two people to the grocery store and then knock it out in half the time, it's so much more inviting. So same thing with the meal prepping and the grocery shopping, all these steps, let's, let's work as a team and let's do it together. And don't be afraid to ask for help because your significant other probably wants to help you. So just ask them. And list your kids too. Yeah. You got them. I remember loving going grocery shopping with my mom. Um, and she would bribe me with getting me a cookie from the bakery. So that also is very <laughs> like, it's very successful. <laughs> you can bribe your kids. <laughs> so, yeah. So those are the five steps. I'll run through them really, really quick again. So the first step is carve out time, 20 to 30 minutes, 
have your schedule handy for the week, and then also be close to the kitchen. Step two, gather your cookbooks and Pinterest, whatever that is, your laptop or have all the cookbooks splayed out on the table. Step three, plan. This is where like you're thinking, planning for the meals for the week. Um, which nights are you really short on time and you need a quick meal? Which nights do you have more time and you could have longer meals? Um, who's going to be home? So who's cooking dinner Tuesday night, Wednesday night? Um, does something need to be prepped during the day while so-and-so is home? Do they want to chop everything up and make the sauce for the night? So then all you have to do is just cook the meat and you're ready to go. So kind of think about how the day is going to flow each day. Um, and, and then kind of plan out the week that way, making sure that everyone has the recipes, sending out the links and an email to the whole family. So everyone has it. Um, so you're setting yourself up for success for that week. Step four, plan for snacks, breakfast, and lunch. So how can you utilize all your meals to kind of benefit some of the other meals of the day and making sure you have those uh, staples on your list that you like to snack on, like the dried mango, the uh, apricots, the, the nuts, the trail mix, whatever that may be. Um, and then step five, get the family together, all four, five, six of you, who, however many you got, go to the grocery store with the plan, knock it out as a team, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, show up home, unpack it and know that now you got a solid week ahead of you of some really, really good eating. And um, so those are your five steps. And now we're going to go ahead and like end it with what do I look for in a good recipe? Yeah, I had, I got this question from a client because she's like, I'm, you know, I'm so overwhelmed by Pinterest. I'm overwhelmed by cookbooks. You know, what do you look for in a meal? Like, what are you, why, why are you cooking it? And for me, there's a couple things. So, you know, one, I just look for, you know, does it have a protein source and um, does it have a vegetable source? So I try to get in vegetables, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I'm usually looking for those two things, um, protein source and veggies. Um, number two, and like I said, this is just depending on, you know, if I'm cooking it on the weekend or during the weeknight, but um, typically if I'm perusing recipe and it looks like it has like 25 ingredients, I'm not making it and a thousand steps. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not making it. Nobody's got time for that. So if it's got a million steps and it's got 25 plus ingredients, I'm not making it. So, um, usually like the simpler, simpler, the better. And then last but not least, like make sure it looks like something you actually want to eat. Like it should look delicious and it should, you should be like excited to eat it because eating good food is such a simple pleasure in life that if you're not enjoying the food that you're making and you're not excited to cook that dinner for the evening, like no wonder you're going to be running to Culver's. Like no wonder you're going to be around because I, I mean, there's a lot of things that people choose and I'm like, that doesn't even look tasty. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to eat that. And I sure as hell don't want to eat leftovers of it the next day. Mm -hmm. So like, just make sure that it looks good. And it's something that you are really excited to eat. Yeah. I've seen so many people that'll post online, like they get, for whatever reason, they get this little like shock of motivation to meal prep for the weekend and they want to get ready for the week. And then they, they post the picture of their 17, you know, meal containers on their table in their kitchen with all their meal in it. And every one of them has one chicken breast. It has some, a group of, you know, broccoli florets and it's got a scoop of brown rice. 
there we go. Meal prep for the week. And I'm like, yes, four days into that. You're going to be like, screw that. I'm throwing this thing in the trash and I'm walking across the street to McDonald's. Because, four days. I would say like one day. Yeah, It's like, so like, that's where I think people think eating clean or eating healthy or trying to lose weight needs to be boring. No, it's not that any one ingredient in your meal, it's the calories that lead to excess calories that lead us to us gaining weight. It's, it's not um, any one thing in your diet, or you have to eat broccoli or whatever. So make sure that the meal is enjoyable and that it looks freaking awesome and fun and exciting. And you want to share the, the recipe with other people and you want to bring leftovers to work and give it to Susie and cubicle six down the line, because um, you know, she eats just boring shit every week during the, the work week. So be excited. That's going to be like, that should have been like the first step of this. <laughs> like be excited for it. If you're not excited for it and you like listen to this podcast and you're like, oh my God, that sounds like the worst thing in the world. Every one of those steps sounds miserable. And then you probably shouldn't even try starting this. Like, <laughs> and I'm just going to put that out there. Like you got to want to at least be excited and have some sort of like the why or the reason as to why you're wanting to, to try this out. But so that's it. Like, that's what works for us. That's how we do it. Um, we understand that everybody's different. Um, and we are coming at this with no children and we do not understand, uh, necessarily understand the other side of things when it comes to like having four kids or three kids and how that plays a role in it and how picky they are. And, and, um, at the end of the day, we say, just go to lean feast, then <laughs> make what your kids want to eat. And then the parents, you go get the meal prep service. So all you have to do is warm up your meal for two minutes in the microwave after you cook your kids dinner. And now at least you're focusing on your goals and eating clean and not having to like worry about cooking two separate meals for the kids. And then you. My mom was always very adamant. She would cook dinner and she would say, this is what's for dinner. And if you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. And so <laughs> I was hungry, so yep. I was going to eat it. So <laughs> yep. yep. Stand your ground, right? Stand your ground and don't resort to, cause they, all the kids want to eat is fish sticks and chicken nuggets where now six nights of the week, that's what parents are eating is fish sticks and chicken nuggets. Like you can make some good meals, be strong and, and, uh, grow your kid's palate. Like they got to try it to like it. And, um, um, try to make it fun for them. And if it's delicious, they're going to like it. So there we go, guys. Um, wrapping it up today. I hope this is uh, beneficial to you guys. And like always, please shoot us any questions uh, that you have about this topic, or maybe some things that have worked really well for you that we can maybe pass on. Um, and I will go ahead and, and put Kelly's Pinterest in the podcast notes. So you guys could jump and dive into that and um, really kind of start this process strong. I'll also have Tom include some of my favorite food blogs that I um, always pull recipes from. So yeah. hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. Too. There's a couple of them that we try that we eat meals off of pretty regularly that we haven't once found a bad meal that, that, you know, we've tried from them. So yeah, we'll share those. Thank you for listening and happy cooking. Yep. Enjoy.